and welcome to Regeneratively Speaking, a podcast brought to you by the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I'm Emily Gregg. And I'm Joshua Huntsberger. In each episode, we bring you interviews with guest researchers and our Institute's faculty covering the latest cutting-edge research on regenerative medicine. Today we have Dr. Cody Williams, who's a professor at Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine. Welcome. Uh, Thank you for having me. (laughs) We know that you graduated from Iowa State University of Science and Technology with a BS in 1976, followed by a Doctor of Veterinary Medicine in 1983. We'd like you to talk a little bit about your training in veterinary medicine and how that has prepared you to work in the field of regenerative medicine. Well, I actually uh, got interested in veterinary medicine working in a research lab in my uh, uh, undergraduate days. I worked in, at Summers um, in a, uh, actually a cardiovascular lab at the University of Iowa and uh, just got interested working with the dogs and enjoyed working with the animals more than I did the people, I guess. <laughs> and uh, and besides, I asked them, uh, which which one, an MD or a DVM, do I have to wear a tie? And they said, well, if you're an MD, I said, DVM it is. <laughs> That's one way to make the decision. <laughs> and uh, so I, I uh, left my research technician job and uh, got into vet school. And uh, it's a four-year program. And they teach you uh, basically uh, how to to be a clinician, basically. There's not a lot of research that's emphasized, but I had the research background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went through my four years and had a good time, studied awfully hard, and uh, then went to a what we call a mixed animal practice in Mount Vernon, Iowa. Uh, mixed animal being dogs, cats, horses, pigs, sheep, uh, Mm -hmm. whatever. So I did all creatures great and small for about two years, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot, Um, but I kept being kind of drawn back to the academia aspects of it. So I left the practice and uh, did a postdoctoral fellowship back at the University of Iowa in cardiovascular research. Interesting. Great. Um, so we know that at the Institute, your teaching interests include vascular disease, cardiology, right. um, pathology, and growth factors. Can you talk um, about how these areas um, are being taught through various training programs, such as our Summer Scholars Program or the Regenerative Medicine Essentials Program? Well, the, the um, classes, the didactic work that we offer does have sections on cardiovascular research. I also do a lot of urologic uh, research. Uh, when your boss is a urologist, you do some mm-hmm. urology uh, <laughs> research. And actually, I am uh, better funded to do that, the urology work, than I am the cardiovascular work right now. But we, we uh, uh, are doing studies both with uh, stem cells and now with uh, pharmaceuticals to stimulate uh, regeneration instead of the cells, what the cells make. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Great. So we know that you're also working on RegenMed projects that could help the wounded warrior through the AFIRM program. So could you give us um, a little progress update on um, 
from where you are? Mm -hmm. So there are two projects that I'm involved with. One was the uh, battlefield injury uh, project that has to do with uh, penile injuries to wounded warriors. And uh, I did the preclinical study in rabbits. Uh, this is going to go to the uh, FDA and hopefully get approval to start a clinical trial actually later on this summer. We hope wow. to have it uh, in the clinics. And uh, Dr. Terlecki will be running the program over in the, in the clinics, but we did the preclinical study in, in rabbits. So that's, that's one. Uh, a lot of uh, our guys are coming back with uh, pelvic injuries. The armor's really good from about the waist up it's very, very good, but it kind of loses uh, some protection as it gets uh, lower. So the guys are coming back with upper thigh injuries and testicular penile injuries. And so instead of just trying to reform the structure, make it look normal, uh, these are young guys and they would like to have a normal life. And, and so uh, we're trying to make uh, our implants functional also. Sure. And, and, you know, our data, which we're just getting back right now, it's a little preliminary, but they're looking very, very, very promising. It's great. Yeah. Um, the second study is uh, for a bladder study. As you know, Dr. Atala did his initial work on bladder replacement. This is a little different. This is um, guys that uh, get bladder injuries, and they get developed chronic fibrotic bladder. So what we're doing is we developed a model of chronic uh, uh, bladder fibrosis, and now we're trying to remove that fibrosis and, and uh, reform and replace the bladder. That's, we're just kind of maybe in the first third of that study right okay. now. Okay. Great. Great. Um, so going back to your veterinary training, um, as a trained veterinarian, what role do you see regenerative medicine playing in treating veterinarian patients in the next, say, five to ten years? Oh, you know, there's a whole new um, science of veterinary regenerative medicine. There's a group that meets every year now, either right before or after the termis meetings, and it's uh, there's a lot of work going on right now. We have uh, a study where we're trying to look at heart valves. Uh, old doggies get uh, heart valve disease. So uh, we have a, a study uh, with uh, uh, Virginia Tech to look at that. And interestingly, um, a Piedmont Pharmaceuticals in, located in, in uh, Greensboro uh, is going to fund us to look at the effects of one of these pharmaceuticals on old cats with kidney disease. Mm -hmm. Old kitties usually die of chronic progressive interstitial nephritis and, and basically chronic kidney disease. And we're trying to look to see if we can do some injections directly into the kidney um, with this chemokine. A chemokine causes cells to migrate to an area of injury to, in cats and then to use the same uh, chemical to treat urinary incontinence in dogs. Old spay female dogs mm -hmm. um, get uh, urinary incontinence. But we have a lot of applications. We could go into skin mm -hmm. uh, replacement and repair, mm -hmm. uh, uh, heart disease, 
the Piedmont Pharmaceuticals would really like it if we'd come up with something for diabetes, but we don't have that quite yet. So there's really quite a bit of work that's being done right now. Joints, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. uh, dogs, cats, horses, whatever get mm-hmm. joint diseases. So there's a lot of interest in joint diseases right now, also in regenerative medicine. Mm-hmm. So we know that you also do a little bit of outside traveling, um, such <laughs> as going to Indonesia um, as a veterinary consultant and a visiting clinician and scientists uh, for the conservation of several non-human primate species. Mm-hmm. Um, we're wondering if you could talk a little bit about that experience because that seems uh, really Oh, uh, really it's been a fun part of my career. It really has. Um, we went there to visit, and, and the um, head of education made it very clear they wanted to establish a uh, scientific collaboration. And that's just turned out to be a wonderful collaboration for us. Uh, We have worked on plant products uh, as treatments for heart disease and osteoporosis. Um, We've trained many of the head of the primate center in Indonesia. I've been there several times. Being a veterinarian, um, I've been able, had the privilege of going into some of the uh, preserves that they have, and I've worked with orangutans, uh, helping them re-make orangutans into wild orangutans again. They they get made into pets, and when they get mm-hmm. to be teenagers, the people don't want them anymore. And the reason that they got them is all the deforestation. They uh, find all these orphans. Well, they're real cute when they're young, <laughs> and then they get to be teenagers. And uh, so they want to get rid of them. By that time, they usually have tuberculosis, and they're very used to people. So this one preserve in Kalimantan basically teaches orangutans to be wild again. And uh, so it's, uh, I went over there and worked as a relief veterinarian for a couple of weeks and also been able to do eye surgery on white tigers. And, and so that's oh just gosh. been awful lot of fun to do that. Work mm-hmm. with the little tarsius monkeys, which are the smallest primates mm-hmm. in the world. Um, to try to um, work on the ecotourism so that the people aren't going in there and destroying their habitat as well. In fact, I've been invited back, uh, just received this yesterday. Uh, They would like me to go there for six months to be a visiting professor and talk about science. (laughs) But uh, I would like to go for a couple of months and to give lectures and to strengthen our collaboration. I actually hope start two labs, the uh, regenerative medicine lab oh, wow. there, and a histology lab. And they're actually very good at it. And so I may go uh, help them get some publications and get some research started yeah. with them. But I hope to be able to do that in the next couple of months. That's, That's been a lot of fun. That's great. And that actually brings up um, a question. You know, we have a lot of our listeners are young, up-and-coming scientists. Mm-hmm. So what would you uh, or what advice would you give to someone who wants to do what you do? Um, do well in school. <laughs> um, that's number one. Get a professional degree. Maybe I don't mean it. Get a professional graduate degree for sure. That opens doors, and until you have that, your options are are limited. Um, Mostly what I tell them is try to get some experience in research. The key that keeps people in research is if you really, really enjoy what you're doing. If you enjoy doing what you're doing, you don't get rich doing this, 
But if you enjoy what you're doing, then you get to have the, you know, get to do this wonderful research and maybe go help an animal every now and again. Mm -hmm. But it came from four years of basically studying my you-know-what off mm -hmm. um, and getting that professional degree that made all of this possible. So get a professional graduate degree. Do really well. There'll be time to enjoy the fruits of your labor later. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, you can just see the enthusiasm and passion too that you have for this work so so, so i think that's that's maybe it's a given but you, you need to bring that that passion and that excitement to mm -hmm. the, to the work as well i think that to be successful you have to it, it um because it, it is a long haul it and, is, and, and if it you doesn't don't have that that excitement and passion that, 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 that drives you. you. It exactly. isn't the money. I mean, it really isn't. If you want money, find something else. Um, it is really thinking and hoping you're doing good things for both people and animals. And you know, with regenerative medicine, we're doing such fascinating things. It isn't me trying to find work. It's I'm trying to turn it down. Uh, all these things that I'd love to do, any, anything that anybody's doing around here. I go, oh, yeah, I'd like to do that. Oh, yeah, I'd like to do that. Mm -hmm. But you can't. You mm -hmm. have to focus. And so if you have the desire and love for doing that, then it makes everything worthwhile. You gotta lo you gotta, when you get up in the morning, you got to want to go to work. Maybe not every day, but <laughs> most days. <laughs> That's great. All right. So... Um, do you have any take-home messages for our listeners today in veterinary medicine or regenerative medicine that um, you'd like to leave them with? Any parting thoughts? Well, I, I don't want to get too political, but I think in this day and age when budgets are being looked at and uh, I think it's very, very important to remember that we are on the cusp of our next big breakthrough in medicine, regenerative medicine. And I would urge all of my uh, representatives and anybody out there to yeah. support this research. It is so important. And it's, it, I would hate to see it uh, be held back at this point. Thank you so much oh, for, you're very welcome. for coming and speaking with us today. That's all for this episode. Be sure to listen next time for the latest in regenerative medicine. This podcast is a production of the Wake Forest Institute for Regenerative Medicine, part of the Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center. For more information, visit our website at www.wfirm.org or follow us on Facebook and Twitter at WFIRM News.